Hi there, this is Kaylee, your host of Popcorn Fan Film Reviews. Just a quick heads up, if you haven't seen the Wonder Woman movie yet, then pause, go see it before listening to this review. It is chock full of spoilers. We would hate to ruin your experience before you actually get to see the movie. Afterwards, come right back, take a listen, let us know what you think, if you agree or disagree. And as always, thanks for listening. Okay, everyone, places. This is the final scene, so let's make this one count. And... Action! Hello and welcome to Popcorn, your guide to what's playing in theaters. I'm your host, Kaylee, and in this episode, we're talking about the much-anticipated Wonder Woman. But before we begin, let's say hi to my wondrous co-host, Tuesday. Well, hello. Well, hello to you. Now, Tuesday, would you call yourself a superhero fan? I would say now that the movies are out, yes. I can't say that I was hidden in my room reading comic books growing up, though. Yeah, I have to say that that was pretty much the same thing for me. I like I never read comics as a kid. It just wasn't part of my childhood. Uh, but of course, you can't avoid the movies these days. And I've gotten to the point personally where I'm just a bit worn out with superhero movies. So it takes a lot for me to be like, wow, this was great. It was amazing. And I think the thing is, is a lot of the movies are good, but none of them are like mind-blowing. But I have to say that Wonder Woman blew some of my expectations, which I'm really, really excited about. So I guess to start with, you know, who is Wonder Woman? Well, why don't we allow her to introduce herself? I am Diana of Themyscira, daughter of Hippolyta, queen of the Amazons. So that's Gal Gadot, who is Wonder Woman. She's from Israel, is relatively un- unknown here in the U.S., or at least she was. This movie is Diana, Princess Diana, not to be confused with Princess Diana of England, but Princess Diana of the Amazon's origin story. And she grew up on this magical island hidden away from the rest of the world. I think in the comics they call it Paradise Island. They're all immortal female warriors, the Amazons, which they're obviously drawing from the mythology. I guess there's some sort of like demigods or something. And uh, of course, sticking with the Greek and Roman gods theme, there is a whole backstory about uh, Zeus battling it out with uh, his son Ares in this like epic war. And it's, it's for those of you who know Greek mythology, it might rub you the wrong way here, uh, saying that Zeus created mankind, which is not true, and that Ares made men evil, which is also not true. But for this purposes, for this movie, uh, that's the backstory. And so Diana grows up hearing this and wants to, you know, save the world eventually one day. And meanwhile, she grows up. She's becoming the ultimate fighter until uh, plane crash lands uh, with Chris Pine's character, Steve Trevor. And uh, he rocks her world in more ways than one. And she ends up following him into, uh, I believe it is World War I in this movie. Um, although I I think there might be a little bit of confusion if you're not like super war buffs, but, and also like in the comics, I read that she was like involved in World War II. So there's some confusion there for if you guys follow this stuff, but it's a smashing good time. Some notable other actresses I want to mention though, Robin Wright, which we know from House of Cards, plays Antiope, and Connie Nielsen plays uh, Hippolyta, which is Diana's mother. David Thewlis is Sir Patrick slash Ares, and... Lucy Davis is Steve's hilarious secretary, Etta. 
And then, ooh, the bad the bad guy, bad gal, I guess you could say, is Elena Anya, who plays Dr. Maru, a.k.a. Dr. Poison. Some big names in this film, but maybe not as many as you might think. Um, but Tuesday, what did you think of the casting? Let's start there. Well, first off, I have to take... I have to take a step back and really divide up the movies that were Marvel and the movies that are DC. In the past, DC movies have tended to be a little long-winded for me, slow at times, uh, but in my world of Marvel, they can do no wrong. So, of course, I was coming into this with some apprehension. Um, I did find it a little long, but having that powerful female lead was so refreshing and so nice to see. Uh, major shout-outs to David Thewlis. I thought he was amazing as Sir Patrick. Also, of course, Chris Pine, who has to play, you know, the cute, you know, brown hair, blue-eyed. He, he did that perfectly, especially being our main character's first specimen of male. <laughs> uh, I think she lucked out pretty well on that one. Not too shabby. Um, <laughs> the Charlie character... Uh, which was Ewan was absolutely hilarious and a nice comic relief. I think that they all paired really, really well together. Um, there was some bigger names and some lesser names in it, which I really like to see them mix and match. I know a lot of times the lesser known characters can learn so much from the more known characters, and I think I've I felt that in this film. Mm-hmm. You know what I really appreciated too about the casting with Gal Gadot. I mean. I'd have to say for most of the U.S., I mean, unless you really follow, say, like Fast and Furious, she was in that, but she's relatively unknown here. So to have uh, an Israeli actress cast in a humongous blockbuster like this, I felt like Wonder Woman was going to either make or break DC because they just have not been successful, like you said. It's just they're, there's something with their movies. They're like long. They're drawn out. The beats don't hit right all the time. Um, so it's like they had to succeed, I felt like, in this. Otherwise, if they didn't, there was just going to be no hope for the franchise. And Gal Gadot really brought it. And for, I would have to say, novice because she's never done a film this big before. Um, she's done plenty of acting in Israel. Um, but she just had a cameo, I think, in Fast and Furious. And I think that was Fast and Furious 4, if I remember correctly. But I don't know. I feel like there's 29 by this point. But... The third, <laughs> just keep going. <laughs> Needless to say, I, I don't know if she was driving one of the cars. But, you know, she she had to really learn how to... She had to learn how to fight, which in a whole new way, because uh, props to her, she was in the Israeli army. So I'm sure she's got some some kung fu background of some kind, right? But, you know, she had to learn to fight. And uh, I don't know how many of you guys know this, but she was pregnant throughout uh, the shooting. So I had read that she actually had, as she got bigger and bigger, they had to put like a green screen thing over her belly. I had no idea. CGI that out. So when you're watching her do these incredible moves, minus the CGI, remember, she's carrying another kid in there. So which was just incredible. But speaking of CGI and the special effects in this movie, I found it very much like 300. Did you ever see that movie? Yes, I did. So uh, like that very graphic novel stylized action sequences, which can be a bit much, um, but it reminded me very much of a comic book style. So I actually, I kind of appreciated that aesthetic 
And the slow-mo, they actually use quite well, I think, in this. Just like 300, there's some times where you can clearly tell that's not the actor there <laughs> fighting. <laughs> um, but for the most part, I thought it was quite clean. I agree, very comic book kind of feel to it with the correct kind of slow motion feel to it. Um, I did really love the island that was Wonder Woman's home. The cinematography in that was just gorgeous. It felt like I was escaping to another world. I did find when they came over to being in more of like the 1920s kind of World War feel, it almost got kind of black and gray mm -hmm. where Wonder Woman's home was so beautiful and elegant and you got over to what was quote unquote London and it was very gray scale. So to have that dichotomy between the two was kind of interesting but that's also something I've seen in DC movies a lot is this kind of sad melancholy kind of overcast feel yeah very dark very much like would fit in the world of Batman <laughs> Batman's dark and everything and I think that's very telling with the journey that she goes on from being kind of a naive well badass <laughs> um to to understanding what what the world of mankind is like and you know I found it actually just really poignant at the beginning when she was like with her mom and her sister warriors the that whole storyline of you know you don't understand what it's like out there in the world the stories you grew up on those are just stories which I found it was kind of interesting. I kind of was like, was there with Diana? I'm like, oh, okay, so this is the history, you know? But there's obviously more to it than that. And the scripting, there were some lines in there that really stuck out to me. And Hippolyta, Queen of the Amazon, says, you know, you are my greatest joy, and now you are my greatest sorrow as Diana is leaving. Like, ah, so this movie had some really good, powerful moments. But it also had humor, I thought, too. It had some jokes. It did. Uh, the jokes were played off of Diana's naivete with the quote-unquote real world. Uh, you know, seeing men for the first time since this island is solely based on Amazon women. And while still keeping that naivete, she also doesn't change her convictions or how she feels about things. It It, it might feel naive, but yet she has such a powerful presence still. Mm -hmm. definitely I, and I again that's such a complex role to play it could have gone very poorly and it went really well um, but what did you think of like I guess you could call it the the mini romance between her and Chris Pine's character I didn't want it to be necessary thank you um <laughs> I you know Disney seemed to figure it out you can have a powerful woman she doesn't need to fall in love with someone she can be an independent badass but I would almost be fearful that this movie would be missing something if it did. Like, there almost just was not maybe enough content without it. But then again, I'd really have to look back and think, like, what if there wasn't the romance type? Could it have just been knocked out completely? Probably. And then it wouldn't have been as long-winded for me. And we would just have a really powerful female. And that could have blown the movie out of the water to have sequels and and more and more things but of course you know the silver lining is oh i do everything for love and she's found this new passion but why did she need a new passion she had passion already mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and I'm hoping the, that question can be answered, I guess, in the Justice League is the next time we're going to see her um, with all the other superheroes. But I'd have to say my overall rating for this movie is, I think, as a package, fantastic. I think audiences are going to be very impressed, uh, relieved, probably, is a good way of putting it. And, you know, it's it's the DC movie that we have been waiting for. Yes, I would love to remind everyone that my lovely co-host Kaylee was wearing her Wonder Woman shirt yesterday <laughs> and in much excitement to see the show. So, uh, you know, if I if I was grading it, uh, maybe B minus to a C plus. But that's just because all of you listeners out there know my threshold for action and suspenseful kind of movie. So that's actually saying quite a bit for an action movie. That's very high praise from Tuesday there. Well, that is it for this episode. Uh, you can hear more of our reviews and read some reviews and interviews that we have at popcornfanfilmreviews.weebly.com or come find us on Facebook or Twitter at popcornfanfilmreviews. I'm Kaylee. She's Tuesday. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.